Well, hello folks, and welcome to We The Peeps. What is this? This is, of course, the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know all those things that you need to know about the U.S. WNT and the U.S. MNT. I am Clayton. I am an artist. I'm Kwame, and I'm a doctor. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur. And the wheel of the net! Let the three-way pod. Three-way pod. Pod, 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 pod. Two, three guys, two teams. One goal. <laughs> Only one <laughs> leaves the room. <laughs> Insert here. It's gonna be me. It's me, Pete. We the peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Folks, welcome in. Wow, what a time. What a day. What a night. Or uh, morning for you. Welcome to work. Congrats on getting off work. You know what I mean? Whenever you bump this, happy Saturday. Have this a good is, day at uh, work. This Whatever. <laughs> Whatever's going on. With you. I'm sorry for your unemployment. You know, we're with you. <laughs> Congrats on the fun employment. <laughs> Happy graduation. This is uh, We the Peeps. And we're here to talk about uh, the good Nats as well as maybe whatever else. It's a little bit of a miscellaneous app today as well as preview. We've got a couple uh, USWNT games coming up and we want to know about them. And uh, there's only one way to do that and that's to call up Kwame. The Kwamdas. My guy Kwame who uh, has, is so kind as to keep us informed. Folks, please remember uh, to rate us with five stars. Why? Uh, because you could have your review read on the show. You know what, Ty, I'll, I'll put you on the spot. How, let's, we have a review uh, that we would okay. like to read. So I wonder if there's a... I wonder if you can think of a creative way to read that whilst I announce a, uh, a wonderful achievement. Of, okay, uh, I'm going to read it as uh, ASMR. Okay, we'll do an ASMR reading of this review. Um, Ty, in, 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 I'll count down to you. Five, four, three, two, one. The interview with Joe was great. The hosts show off some of their knowledge and respect the history of the team with the history of this great. The conversation about refereeing and rules was great. Walter. Two, one, three. Thank you. Oh, baby. Pow, 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 pow. Oh, the sounds are so sweet. Just play that on loop. Um, it'll, it'll help you fall asleep or maybe help you wake up. Happy graduation. Uh, <laughs> folks, we are at, I think we're at uh, 84 reviews. And our goal uh, for the next two minutes or two years, depending on how long it takes, is to get is to get to 100 reviews. So please help us do that. If you have not yet given a review, five stars. Hit us up with the five stars. Write something silly. Write whatever you want. Um, five stars is a must to get read on the show. And uh, if you have like another iTunes account that you you've already reviewed us, but you can slide in there on the other account and hit us with another five star. We're fine with that. I don't know how iTunes feels about it, but we're good with it. 
We're good um, with it. I checked the terms of service. That is totally cool. We're good with that. Do that. <laughs> do that. Do that. Please do that. Um, uh, whatever it takes. Let's get to 100. Why? Because we, we just realized milestones exist. And that's like a thing we should be celebrating. Um, because the reason we realized that is because we got to 100 YouTube subscribers, which is a very special achievement. Um, you know, one of the more undeserved achievements ever achieved by anyone, <laughs> I would say. But, but we are. Sub, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We do mess around with the YouTubes sometimes. <laughs> Um, and there is content on there uh, for you to enjoy, and there will be in the future. So hit us up on YouTube if you haven't already. All the other things, Twitter at WTPPod, Patreon, uh, .com forward slash WTPPod, uh, five millions of Jurgen Bucks, which is $5 US, uh, to become a ratified peep and of housekeeping. Um, well, folks, welcome in. I don't know, I, you know, I don't know where you're coming from, um, but uh, today I would like to just learn a little bit, uh, as I as I always want to do. You know, we we're very we want to be like open and honest here on this show about the reality of our fandom. You know, and we we the reality of our fandom is there is a spectrum of understanding <laughs> of the, the WNT. Um, you know, experience. Uh, we come Ty and I come from a more Crap Nats focused uh, background, not gonna lie. Um, but, you know, we've both found ourselves to varying degrees kind of like um, awakened to the unstoppable tide that is the USWNT. And one of the, the reasons uh, that we've been able to stay informed and enjoy those games is, is Kwame's wonderful insight. So, Kwame, uh, once again, um, thank you for, for helping us out with that, man. Uh, I love it. It's a joy and a pleasure to talk about it and uh, to hopefully bring some more people into the fold, you guys included. Let's do this thing. Kwame, what do we have coming up? So we have two friendlies for the women's national team. They are on the road, which is somewhat unusual uh, for uh, the team. Usually they play a lot of games stateside. Uh, but on uh, Saturday, April 10th at 1 o'clock on Fox, the main Fox, they're playing a friendly against Sweden. And then uh, a few days later, on the 13th, they're playing against France, in France, uh, on ESPN2. Uh, and so two pre pretty stiff tests against two pretty big rivals, Sweden, uh, a long-standing one, and then the rivalry between U.S. and France uh, has been uh, a pretty sizzling one recently, including, of course, uh, in the uh, World Cup, uh, where we faced off in the quarterfinals and had an epic uh, battle. So, how do we how do we set the stage here? I mean, where are these players coming from? What is the you know? Are we getting full rosters? Are we getting partial rosters? Like, for for folks uh, tuning into these who maybe aren't familiar with the context, like what what should they expect? Sure. So these friendlies are, as everything is at the moment, building towards the Olympics uh, this summer uh, in July. Uh, and these are probably the highest profile friendlies we will have until the Olympics uh, kicks off. Sweden is going to be in the Olympics uh, based on where... Um, based on where they finished uh, in the World Cup, which is how Europe determines its participants. France is not, um, but they are also preparing for the Euros, 
which are going to be uh, next year, and I think they're in the middle of qualification. For the U.S., though, the focus is very much on determining who's going to be on the 18-person uh, roster uh, for the Olympics. And this is a full roster. Um, it's including the European-based players, uh, but also the NWSL uh, players who are basically at the end of their preseason uh, in that the NWSL actually is starting <laughs> just a couple of days before these games kick off. So the national team players who play for the NWSL and are on this roster are actually going to miss the initial uh, games for the NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, so a little bit of a clash of timing there. But in terms of the roster, it's the full roster, um, barring injuries and, and, and COVID things, which we'll get to in a second. Well, let's go then. Let's go then. Let's, uh, so, so just wait, hold on. What are the injuries and COVID restrictions? I'm endlessly confused. I don't think anyone really knows, uh, you know, what at the end of the day goes into the final decisions for some of these rosters right now. We can only be grateful for Nat's games, because I, I, <laughs> I can only imagine how much, uh, how much brain work is occurring to try to get, these, get all these players from different places together for our enjoyment. Um, what are you privy to in terms of like, the limitations there? Uh, so I think that for COVID for the U.S. team, um, you know, they, have been, they have a pretty established protocol, as does the NWSL um, and there haven't been any positive tests in NWSL preseason, and they released their results pretty uh, pretty freely. Uh, so for COVID, the, actually the only person that is not going to be participating, as far as I know, is Katerina Macario, uh, who plays <laughs> oh, no. in France for Lyon. <laughs> oh, no. uh, so she has not tested positive. However, there is not actually tested a negative. No, so she there is a for COVID. There is a big outbreak actually for oh, Lyon right yeah. now. There's I'm, actually, I'm uh, yeah, actually about uh, as of time of recording, fifteen positive tests between players and staff in Lyon. It's actually a big, it's a big deal generally, but even for for just the narrow soccer perspective, uh, they actually had to chat. They had to um, postpone a Champions League game. Uh, because they didn't have enough players that could participate because of the quarantine oh. rules, they're actually potentially in danger of forfeiting their right. their second leg, which is against PSG, their big rivals. And if they forfeit, it would be a three zero loss, and they would be knocked out of the Champions League. Um, and so, because of quarantine, Macario has been in quarantine, and she could have joined the team with negative tests, but it would have been very after after the first game and they just didn't want to take the chance so macario yeah. isn't going to be in the camp uh and she was replaced by andy sullivan uh who's been working her way back from injury and and also is you know as a as a midfielder who's got a shot at this at this roster um so that's it for covid as far as i know of for injuries uh tobin heath uh still is working her way back from an ankle injury uh, still hasn't resumed playing for Manchester United. Oh, I think that is on the horizon. It was always predicted to be April that she came back, and we're only you know a little ways uh, into April. Yeah, uh, tax Casey season Cooper, is any indication. We've got another another month or so to to get there. It still counts as April. 
Yeah, and you know, being injured and having to do taxes for both the U.S. and England, woof, that's, <laughs> oh, that's a lot for any player for to deal with, and so we wish you the best, <laughs> Tobin Heath. Um, and then the only other injury that I am aware of is uh, Casey Kruger, um, who you know is one of the fullbacks, uh, who's also a little bit more on the fringes, um, uh, controversial so perhaps, but a little bit more on the fringes, and so she is not in camp. Uh, and then under um, family leave slash who knows, um, both Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris, uh, who are a married couple um, and who recently adopted a baby, um, they have been uh, sort of, again, full new mom uh, mode. And so the last uh, set of friendlies, which were about a month ago, they didn't get called into the to the camp, and there was a lot of people wondering what was going on. And then a few days later, they announced that this is what was happening. So um, whether uh, they would have been on the roster, whether they're prioritizing that, uh, I mean, certainly I can understand, and I wouldn't want to sort of speculate or sort of guess. But so that, but they're not in camp, and that's what's going on in their lives. And whether that's uh, you know whether that's determined or not, um, I don't know. Uh, but aside from those um, from those few, uh, it's pretty much the full roster that I think Vlaco would want to have. Well, let's effing go then. Uh, yeah, what I hear is is a few misses, but a lot to look forward to, and um, you know something characteristic of of what we can expect from the Good Nats moving forward. Do you have a player to watch uh, this time around? Do you have someone people should look out for? You always make it so difficult for me. How can I pick just one? Um, you can pick a few, dude. Do I'll you have the players a, to watch? <laughs> yeah, so I'll say players to watch um, go position by position. So one thing to note is that um, Vlaco brought in the same keepers as he did last camp, Alyssa Nair, Jane Campbell, and Casey Murphy. Uh, and so there may be a little bit of a changing of the guard here, and so it'll be interesting to see if either Campbell or Murphy get any playing time in against two really big rivals. Um, you know, we really do want to get them some experience, so I'm curious to see if probably Campbell over Murphy gets some playing time. What type um, of... I'm, I'm actually not familiar with those players. What type of styles are we, are we talking about? Uh, for the goalie, so uh, Jane Campbell, I've talked about her a little bit before, she plays for Houston, uh, she's a really strong athletic um, goalkeeper. Um, she's excellent at penalty saves. Uh, has a oh, ridiculous yeah, save right. percentage right. there. Right. You're talking about the um, hockey sub. Yeah. And then uh, Casey Murphy was with um, the um, OL Reign in uh, Tacoma slash Seattle, but she got traded to North Carolina. She's a very tall um, uh, goalkeeper. She might be the tallest goalkeeper I think certainly in the pool and maybe in the NWSL. I think she's maybe 6'1 or 6'2. Um, uh, really good uh, shot stopper, really good all-around goalkeeper, um, as you would expect from her height, uh, pretty commanding uh, in the air, um, but pretty good with her feet as well. Um, I think that she's you know, a pretty all-around solid goalkeeper and actually one of my, one of my favorites. I've talked about the difficulty in picking you know, the, the top goalkeepers in the NWSL because the, the, the standards are just so high. Uh, but I'm really glad she's getting a, a, a sustained look in with the team. Uh, whether she's... She's probably number three in the depth chart, so with two friendlies, 
I'm not sure she'll get on the field, but but you never know. All right, and then what are we what, what are we looking at for field players here? So field I'll try to restrain to myself a little more here. Um, for the defenders, I would definitely say Alana Cook, uh, who wasn't able to was called in but wasn't able to be released by her team PSG uh, for the last set of friendlies. Uh, she's a center back, uh, and I think Vlaco really likes her all around game. Uh, she's uh, she's very strong and solid. Also another Stanford product, uh, and so I think played with Tierna Davidson uh, for several years um, in their college days, as well as Andy Sullivan. Maybe I'm not sure if they overlapped. Uh, and so I'm excited to see if she gets uh, playing time because I think it's probably between her and Tierna Davidson, who's like the number three. Uh, center back that uh, that gets taken um, so that would be that's who I would say to look out for in the defense uh, also maybe a little bit um, Midge Purse who again is called in as a defender and everyone acknowledges is not her best position but the whole right back um, or you know backup fullback position uh, remains up for grabs between Purse and Emily Sonnet and Casey Kruger and Ali Krieger. Yeah, Midge Purse is dope. Um, so, what what should we? How should we frame our understanding as we're as we're you know going into these games of Sweden and France? Um, so I think that these are going to be games that the U.S. goes all out, and I mean we always go all out, but. Uh, I think these are going to feel like the best preparation for the Olympics. Um, excuse me. Um, these are going to feel like the best preparation for the Olympics. And also, these are not teams that the U.S. is want, going to want to let them feel like they have any edge against us. At the same time, people are also competing for their slots on, on the roster. Uh, and so... I think that this is going to be a good test of where the team is at. Um, if there are any new wrinkles that Vlaco has been putting in place in camp, are we going to see uh, any of them get tested out um, before the Olympics? So there could be some interesting experimentation as well, because he's now had several camps with most of these players with a little bit more regularity since the you know the calendar flipped over to 2021. Um, that's that's mostly what I would say we should be looking out for. In addition to you know the the roster questions that we've been asking all along as to who's going to make uh, who's going to make the eighteen, and I think there's not. We may get some new information on that with these games. Uh, maybe better information than we got against friendlies against uh, Colombia, let's say, or some of the uh, in the She Believes Cup. Um, against you know Argentina and like a weekend uh, a weekend Canada so it, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting kind of bit of insight I also would say that um, in the conversations we've had I've I've shaped them largely around the the 18 person roster mm-hmm. uh, but I also think that I probably haven't given enough thought and uh, uh, emphasis to the four alternates, because uh, we can take 18 and four alternates. Mm-hmm. And that is 
because I was largely thinking about that in the way that the World Cup rules work, which is you have a 23-person roster and you have a certain amount of time to change it, but after it's locked, it's locked. Um, and you can't bring new people in during the tournament. In the Olympics, it's actually not that way, which I didn't realize. Hmm. Um, if there is a significant enough injury that rules someone out for the rest of the tournament, you can put one of the alternates, uh, you can replace them with one of the alternates. Uh, so it's not just a, um, I mean, it has to be like a permanent swap, you know, so you can't like, um, uh, swap in, swap you know, have out. like a starter. Yeah, you can't swap in, swap out, like rest someone for a couple of games and then, and then bring them back in. Uh, but if someone is, you know, ruled out and it, the Olympics is a pretty condensed period of time and it's a condensed uh, tournament. So if someone tweaks like a knee ligament or something like that, or even maybe a serious ankle injury, it's the, uh, yeah, it's the Josie Altador replacement position. <laughs> yeah, right. Which you know we would have perhaps loved to have had in the past, although we sometimes didn't even have a, a non-roster replacement for for Josie. So so the construction of that four alternates, I think, also is also interesting, both in terms of. Um, you know, both in terms of uh, how you construct the roster. For example, in the midfield, you know, I've I've wrung my hands for quite a while about what happens if Julie Ertz, for example, has to go out, and should we mm-hmm. bring Andy Sullivan? In this case, maybe we you know we consider Andy Sullivan and bring her as an alternate, and then if you know, uh, not at all wishing for this, but if, for example, Julie Ertz then did. Uh, you know, lose an extended period of time, get knocked out for the tournament. You could bring in a, a replacement defensive uh, defensive midfielder, and so you can perhaps gamble in some ways a little bit more, um, and you know, plan to play someone kind of every game. And if they can't go for some reason, you do have the alternate. So I'm do, curious. Do these on... people, do these people fly. Do you fly to Tokyo just in case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll 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 be on what? the plane. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely in the room, in the yeah, hotel okay. room. Well, you, I mean, you take can't... that. You take that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. so one of the controversial, uh, she Carly Lloyd has not said anything. Uh, oh, that, she about would not hate going. that. <laughs> but you know, based on her statements about how difficult it was for her to be on the outside looking in in some yeah, ways, yeah. or coming in off the bench under Jill Ellis. Um, People have speculated as to uh, what it would look like if she was called in as an alternate. Was that something that she would balk at? Is that something that would be difficult in the locker room? And again, I don't think that there's never been any intimation that Carly Lloyd is any sort of bad locker room presence. I mean, she can be definitely very focused and on her kind of own game but also i think she has generally been someone who's been a pretty good sort of um leader and teacher and and someone who's actually reached out to kind of other teams as well uh so but whether or not um that is something that factors into the sort of coach's sort of decision or or not um you know who knows vlaco is having these conversations that he has the reputation of being very open with people as to where they where they stand, uh, but if you're if for your alternates, you know you may want someone who you know can uh, come in to a late stage of a tournament without having played 
and do well, mm-hmm. right? So there might be, you might say, okay, well, let's bring, like, sticking with the Fords for a moment, let's bring Sophia Smith as an alternate. She'll have this experience with a national team because we, we view her as a star in the making, and I think most people do. Um, and, uh, and she's an alternate, and we have enough sort of, like, forward depth. Um, but can she actually come in and have a roster position and maybe have to be called upon in like the semifinals of the Olympics or, um, or do you, um, you know, or do you bring the sort of five that I've kind of talked about Heath press Morgan uh, Rapino Williams, and then have Lloyd as the alternate, for example, um, or Williams as the alternate as some people would have it. Uh, and then have an experience in the alternate position. That's you um, know, that's a good question. I had a quick question, if that's okay, Clayton. Yes, please. Uh, so yeah, I was just wondering where does this, where do you see this team in contrast to like this time last, or I guess two years ago now, prior to the World Cup, in relation to the rest of the world? Because I know, uh, you know, that France game in the World Cup was was fairly tight and I think France France pushed the US pretty well. So do you think that the US has gotten better relative to the world since then? And that that would kind of surprise me. Um I think that I think that most the the word out of the camp has been that Vlatko has tried to build on what coach Ellis had in place and that he is a little bit more of a uh, tactics-focused um, manager. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that there are things that he has been implementing in terms of the way that the pr- he's, he's, there's much more emphasis on the press. I think Ellis used it at times, but, but Vlatko is using it in a way that, um, that Ellis generally did not. Uh, I think that... Um, uh, he's a little bit more of a, well, he's probably maybe a lot more of a player's coach than Ellis was. He's not, um, you know, he's not so much a gentle touch, but he is very much of a, he's, he's very much able to plug into that sort of elite athlete mindset of like, what do I need to be doing right now and today and tomorrow to get better? What do I need to be doing to get better every day? And if you ask that question of Laco, he's got like a binder, you know? Um, <laughs> and so uh, and so I think that um, although it's been a very disrupted year, the U.S. may be stronger than they were previously, although it is an interesting kind of transition time. And also there, there's been more time to physically recuperate uh, I think most of the team was kind of burnt out physically after yeah. the World Cup and then finishing up their NWSL season. Um, also, more players have gotten experience overseas in Europe, and so um, there's a there there is a more well some of the players I think you know Press and uh, Heath and Mewis um, are probably a little bit more well rounded. Um, and Christy Mewis has sort of come into the frame. So I think we actually are stronger in relation to the rest of the world. I would, you know, again, it's hard because so much has been disrupted, but I would say that it seems to me like more of our rival national teams have taken coaching seriously 
and taken steps to upgrade their coaching. Uh, Brazil um, uh, hired Pia Sundhaga um, and got rid of the... Uh, uh, it's, it's sort of too much to go into, but... Um, Let's just put the, the in the in the first knockout round game Brazil versus France in the World Cup that France ended up winning two to one. The coach of Brazil in like the late stages and in overtime was basically subbing out his most experienced players mm-hmm. like Formiga and Christian. Like people yeah. have been to like four or five World Cups. For no real tactical reason and no clear evidence of anything. It just seemed like he was like, oh, these are older players and obviously they can't keep going. And it really, you could see it really harmed the team. Uh, And he didn't really seem to know what team he was coaching. Mm. Uh, And I guarantee you Pia Sundhaga is (laughs) never going to do that. Uh, I think all, you know, England uh, has made... Uh, strides to upgrade their coaching, um, you know, taking like the coach from like the Netherlands, Canada as well. Uh, and, you know, I'm not as aware of like the sort of full spectrum, uh, but it does seem like that is something that other teams are upgrading as well. Um, and uh, we're a little insulated from that because the, the Olympics is a very small tournament and some of the teams that perhaps the most up-and-coming, such as Spain, um, aren't mm-hmm. in this tournament. Um, but we've, we've improved, and I think other teams have improved, and it's, it's hard to say whether they've kept pace or not. Yeah, point right. is this tide is rising. We'll find out. What's that, Ty? We'll find out. My, my last question, because I, I stand Katerina Macario, yeah. is uh, I, I think she was out of your latest Olympic roster. And do you think, I, I would anticipate that the COVID thing can't help because she just won't get that time to gel with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think now? Is Does she have a shot to make this roster? Do I get to, you know, watch I mean, she, eager anticipation for her? I mean, she has, you know, she has a shot. She definitely has a shot. Uh, I think that, you know, the midfield, right, I mean, there's that, that core four, which I think very few people disagree with. Uh, and then it's basically, I think, between her and Christy Mewis. And yeah, not being able to participate in this camp does hurt her. Uh, I think if she's continuing to feature for Olympic Lyon uh, the rest of their season and into the Champions League if they advance. Um, <laughs> yeah, they and again, who knows? Oh, um, <laughs> that sucks. Oh. Yeah, but I think she, I, you know, she definitely has a chance. It's definitely close. Yeah. Uh, and you know that question I was raising earlier about who's your who's your alternate? Do you take Macario uh, on your roster? Do you bring Christy Mewis as as an alternate? But if you do, then you know do you have enough coverage at the six? It's it's hard. So I probably would not. I'm so I'm so torn. Uh, I think that for me, uh, Macario is battling it out as an alternate between it's between her and Sullivan for the alternate position right now because I just I just don't think she has enough 
experience at the international level to get dropped into a, a you know Olympic semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just don't I just don't know. I if would I can love make that. It would be her her Julian Green moment. I think. <laughs> well, she's also got unlike Julian Green, she has a long career with this team ahead of her. So yes. that, there's that too. Maybe um, Julian did too. Yeah, yeah, he was at he was at Bayern at the time. He was at Bayern too, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Bayern yeah. won. He had like ten minutes at Bayern one before that. Yeah, that's right. Ow. We were Ow. we were so excited. Those Halcyon days. <laughs> halcyon days. Um, yeah. So, so Kwame, any last words here before we kind of open the conversation up to the the club game? Um, I think just that these are. You know, we talk about friendlies, uh, and you know, we don't always know what to expect from friendlies. But I think these are going to be pretty full-throated games um, between players who are, you know, at their prime and, and know each other pretty well. So I think, even without just sort of knowing these teams and without, we've been talking about this in the backdrop of the Olympics. But these are just going to be fun games. Uh, so I would just say sit back and enjoy. Tune in, fools. Uh, Ty, take us take us to the take us to the world of uh, baby gnats. This is you know somewhat fishy land as is Europe these days. What's okay. been going on with our boys in uh, the continent? Ty is about to forget to mention. The most important story of all. The biggest European club story is Lille defeating PSG. First place Lille with Tim Weah present. So, let's see, last weekend after the team got back from the friendlies against Northern Ireland and Jamaica. There was a one weekend of club games. Didn't have too much exciting stuff. Weston got um uh basically what what he suspended. He got suspended from Juve by Pirlo for one game because he and a bunch of other players had a party uh breaking covid rules. <laughs> Pirlo's Which, like part, I'm willing to a get party fired that, from Juventus for this. A party yeah. that West a party that Weston hosted. My God. It was at Weston's house. Yeah, it was at Weston's I mean, house. Yeah, Weston also Weston. had COVID, so he's got that. Yeah, you know, that I mean, if, and, I mean, if you were gonna have a party, <laughs> right, 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 you would want it to be at Weston's house. He <laughs> right. shouldn't have done it. It's actually kind of for multiple uh, reasons. It's for a big reasons. disappointment that that he did this. But yeah, you know, the guy's like gotta live. It's one of those things where it's like you're you. you there are drawbacks to a character like that, um, but they do not outweigh the the pros <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, on a positive and negative note, uh, Pulisic started the uh, the weekend game for Chelsea. He scored in the first half. He asked to be subbed out either at halftime or right after halftime, telling Thomas Tuchel that his hamstring wasn't going to make it through the match. Yikes. So that is scary stuff. Uh, and the Chelsea eventually lost that game. But Pulisic did come off the bench in the, um, in the midweek Champions League quarterfinal against Porto. 
and uh, played 30 minutes or so against Porto, and, and reports were good. Um, and Chelsea won that game. So Chelsea looking good to go through to a semifinal, which would be very exciting. And in one of the other quarterfinals, we have two Americans against each other, Zach Steffen on the bench for Man City against uh, Gio uh, of Dortmund. On the bench. Gio came on the bench. Gio came off the bench for, for 30 minutes as well um, in a 2-1 win for Man City at home. So that, that one's finally poised, and we'll see next week who, who goes through. But uh, one way or the other, it looks like two Yanks in the, the semis of the Champions League, which would be pretty cool. Stefan unlikely to make it, but uh, if Man City wins, he'll get a medal. <laughs> so, you know, so he's, he's trying. Will he? What are the rules? There, yeah, he, there's well, he played. He, he started a game. Okay, yeah, so he does get a medal. Did Chris Richards get a medal last year? I don't think so. I don't think so. But he he did play, so maybe he did get a medal. I think there's a certain minimum amount of playing that you have to do, but then there's also a certain number of medals that the team can give out at its discretion. Uh, I think I remember this from when Liverpool won, and they were talking about that. So I think the team... Did you get one? They get, like, I... I mean, I don't want to say. Um, but, Julian, uh, Julian I think the Green team, got three yeah. Champions League medals somehow. I think the teams get four discretionary medals. Wow, it's something this is like, like the alternates at the at the Olympos. Well, yeah, Katarina Macario got one. I mean, so yeah, that's that's what's been going on in the club game. Also, uh, this this week midweek, DK scored a brace. For Barnsley, let's go. seven goals out of, I believe, 11 matches. Uh, so he's well on his way to my prediction of 10 Premier League goals by this time next year. Lock it in. Just to be clear, by about two weeks ago next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, it's going to come down to the wire yeah. for this shit, bro. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's going to be tight. Um, Kwame, what's your, what are you watching in the club game these days? Um, well, I'm, of course, watching the uh, total uh, roller coaster Sorry, that buddy. is Liverpool's uh, season in domestically and in the Champions League. Uh, For viewers and, who don't know, Kwame is, is a legitimate Liverpool fan. I'm not sure if yeah. we've talked about that too much. Long, long suffering. It's, been, it's yeah. been six months since they won a title. It's, it's been a... It's been a uh, it's been a weird, difficult season. Like I'm, you know, I'm. We definitely could have had a shot at a lot of trophies this year. It didn't go our way, in terms of injuries and also, um, you know, uh, I, I think Jurgen Klopp is very much the emotional heart of this team, and you know, his his mother was was quite sick and dying and passed away uh and he wasn't able to go see her and i think that uh i think that really kind of sort of knocked the the his legs out from under him for a lot of the season um and uh where he normally could i think steer the team uh in 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 some ways i think it was just much harder for him you know uh which you know yeah you know and i don't think yeah i did not know that that's terrible yeah yeah he he actually gave not to delve into but he he actually he uh he kept it secret for about a month um and Mm. she like passed away in january and then they were going to have the official funeral and he wasn't able to attend the funeral, so that's when they sort of released the statement. So it was, it was this, you know, it was this thing that was, I think, 
dealing hanging over him for for quite some time. Yeah, um, sure. And you know, and so there've been bright spots for Liverpool. There've been difficult spots. So I, I'm watching, hoping they can turn it around against Real Madrid after dropping the first leg uh, 3-1. Um, the NWSL Challenge Cup starts uh, Friday, uh, April 9th, so depending on where you, when you hear this episode. Um, if you recall, this is, uh, this is like the preseason uh, tournament uh, that's relatively new. It's only the second year for the NWSL, and they changed the format where basically since there are now 10 teams in the league, uh, this is the debut season for Louisville. Um, the uh, There are five teams in one division, which is the West Coast division. Well, not really West Coast, but West and then East. And it's round robin. Um, you know, each team plays four games. And then the the winner of the West plays the winner of the East in a one-off for to win, to win the cup. And Let's so that's go. happening over the next... Um, the next uh, sort of month or two. Um, what are the strongest uh, teams to watch going into it? So the strongest teams, uh, Portland Thorns. Um, I think everyone, most people would say that they have the strongest roster, kind of 1 through 11. Uh, they have U.S. national team members, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, Crystal Dunn, who they recently traded for, Lindsey Horan, uh, Sophia Smith. They have Christine Sinclair, who's like the all-time leading scorer for everything all-time uh, internationally. Um, they have Adriana French in goal, who for, who went to the World Cup uh, for the women's national team. Uh, and, a, and a few other stars, Rocky Rodriguez, who's like the Costa Rica's like best player. So Portland, uh, and also when they have a full stadium, they have the largest attendance. They get like 22,000 uh, in the stadium per game. Uh, so Portland is probably the number one team. Um, and then uh, another team to watch is Houston Dash, who won the Challenge Cup last year uh, and are hyped to sort of defend their title and seem to be a little bit of like a tournament team. Uh, and then probably Chicago is the maybe the deepest team, also has a large number of national team stars, Tierna Davidson, Julie Ertz, Alyssa Nair, um, they traded for Mallory Pugh, um, and so they have a lot, uh, and they have a really a lot of depth. Um, they there are question marks about who is going to score for them. I think that's part of the reason they got Mallory Pugh. Um, but basically, they had Sam Kerr, and then Sam Kerr left uh, after a co- uh, like a season or two ago. And understandably, it's pretty hard to replace Sam Kerr. Uh, but that's a little bit of the question for Chicago. Uh, of course, what's hovering over all of this is that many of these teams are missing their national team players for the beginning of this tournament because they're in Europe. And then when they get back, there may be some sort of COVID protocol. So there's usually there's four group stage games, and I think the national team players are probably going to miss the first two. Uh, so that adds in a little bit of a wrinkle, especially because you got to win your group to, to move to the championship game. Um, so, you know, some teams are, you know, kind of the, the least affected by this. Uh, but I would still, most people would say Portland um, and, you know, probably Houston. And some people really like Washington spirit. Um, I'll have to see them on the field before I'm fully, uh, before I'm fully on board. You're not that. convinced. I'm not, not convinced. convinced yet. I mean, but, they're, you know, they're, they've... You know they they're 
they're also going to be missing some people because they, it looks like they want to play like a back three this year, and they they acquired Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet, I think specifically to play that way, to have Sonnet be one of the anchor points of a back three and Kelly O'Hara kind of like a, a wing back. Um, and that's, you know, pretty devastating. They've got Ashley Sanchez, who's an up-and-comer, and they've got Andy Sullivan. Um, but um, they, you know, like a lot of teams, are really going to be hurt by um, missing uh, those players, especially now that Sullivan was called up to replace Macario. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a question mark what kind of start they're going off to, especially if they're trying to play a new formation. Um, and they've had limited preseason games. Uh, most of them have been playing either inter-squad games or some games against college teams uh, who have been, you know, who've had some availability. So these first initial games uh, are going to be, I think, a little interesting as to, you know, roster depth, roster size, how rusty are people who's got their shooting boots on, as they say. Guys, I've got a curveball for you. I don't have a lot of... You know, I have not yet had a lot of opportunities to have the three of us on the pod. I hope I hope we'll we'll have more, um, and I hope listeners. I hope you're 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 enjoying this as much as we are because this shit is lit. Um, I'm just curious. This is totally out of nowhere. What is the strangest thing you've ever seen uh, occur during a game of soccer? And I, I'm okay with in-person experiences. Uh, I'm I'm also imagining. You know, watching the program pro game on TV, um, perhaps uh, an experience you've had in the audience. This was a question I, I've asked Will Trap I, in the audience. I always say that in the stands, whatever the fuck, bro. I'm an artist. Um, the uh, I asked Will Trap this, and I had the pleasure of asking Greg Berhalter this directly when he first got hired. The strangest thing he had ever experienced, if you missed that episode, was having his chain stolen from him off of his <laughs> neck in New Jersey. Uh, in, a, in a like a low level sort of club game, run your shit, Greggy. Yeah, run your shit, Greggy B. Um, what do you What do you guys think? I don't know if you have an answer. Wow. For that. Well, I'm I'm personally a huge fan of any time an animal gets involved. And, Let's go. Uh, so I, I've I've never seen this in person, but I I've seen numerous YouTube highlight reels. I mean, there's there's many. There's also also one of the another fabulous thing that's that happens on YouTube is there's a there's a club in somewhere in the in the depths of Eastern Europe that has a train line between the stands and the field. So every so often, <laughs> an actual train just like rolls on through. It's like oh three God. feet from the touchline. That's incredible. Uh, well, we'll 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 send that out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all about that. I, I want extracurriculars. That's that's yes. That's my these are WTP moments. That's exactly what I'm going for. Um, Kwame, any thoughts on this one? Well, uh, I'm a little st- I'm a little stuck because my all when you said weirdest thing that happened on the soccer field, or sort of my head initially uh, instantly went to what's the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to Kwame on a soccer field, (laughs) which is, which is a high school game when, you know, I tripped over 
over, you know, the the paint, right? I tripped over like a non-existent obstacle when I had <laughs> a, a breakaway uh, oh, against no. like our biggest rival team. Like, it, and it was so freaky because it was like the um, the other player that the, the it, there was one defender kind of like ahead of me, and he actually kind of tripped and like kicked the ball to me and I started on a breakaway and then I just like tripped <laughs> on the grass and just went to the goalkeeper. Lethal. Yeah. It's, you know, I, it's, it was, you know, some sort of like, it's probably some sort of lead based paint, you know, like they, they sure, swapped yes. it out and there were all sorts of fumes that were affecting my, uh, my young adolescent brain. Yes. Uh, but now having, you know, sort of processed that, uh, that <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot to process sort of like I'm, I'm um, giving young Kwame a big, big fat hug in my heart yeah, right now yeah, because that sorry, young Kwame did not deserve that. Yeah. Hey, I um, mean, I'm always a big fan of like goalkeeper kind of like, you oh, know, yeah. kick the ball into like your own net, like in improbable fashion. Right. Yeah, but I just, just like, like whiff, but put just enough <laughs> spin on it to like go in. Uh, that's those are pretty great. Uh, I had to say, wins, but that like, the, a, like a yeah, wind the punt that goes right in. <laughs> yeah. I love those. Unfortunately, the David Ochoa traffic cone goal is is Alas, falls in that yeah. category for me. If, if um, that happened in the Lithuanian third division, I would love it'd be it. Be hilarious. I would it'd be I so would funny. Play it. Oh on my god, head. so funny. Um, you know, I'll do one of each. I I was at a soccer camp. In high school, the UConn soccer camp, that matters because the, I was a sophomore and this is probably the highest level of, of recruitment that I ever achieved in my career. Sophomore in high school, I, the, I was feeling the pressure hard and in the semifinals of like the camp tournament, I scored not one, but two own goals. My oh no, uh, from what position? From, oh, that's a good question. I left back. Okay. Ouch. Left back. They were both. It was one. Uh, it was one like miscue that kind of like went off my foot and into the goal, and I was oh, in the right God. place. It was like a goal line save, and then another potential goal line save where it was a swing and a miss and went off my resting foot. Friends, oh. <laughs> that was brutal. The striker came. <laughs> the striker whispered in my ear, "Why don't you just let me score it next time?" Oh, God. oh, da- oh! Talk no. about ASMR, bro. Oh, that shit, wow. brutal. But uh, wow. the memory, I'd, the memory, I'd prefer to leave us on because, goddamn, <laughs> uh, the memory I'd prefer to leave us on is uh, the memory of Jamie Vardy, um, sort of like scissor kicking a uh, a corner flag in half and then getting a yellow <laughs> card after scoring uh. a goal. Incredible, into shards. I have never seen that. Um, but yeah, you know, guys, um, he's an incredible man. He is a he legend. Gets, he gets hopped up on Red Bull. He does whatever he does. You know what? Maybe with a little vodka in there. Yeah, Maybe. Red Bull, whatever else you put in that quote-unquote Red Bull, my friend, yeah, exactly. is fine with me. Just keep serving up that that Vardy gold, bro. What was, it? was he like? He worked at like a fishery or something. <laughs> something like, like that. when he was twenty-two, or he was a garbage man or something like that. Dude, yeah, legend. Damn, legend. That awesome. Legend of the game. Can't you imagine? Well, folks, um, I'm fine with IPAs. I do like Pilsners. I do like Pilsners. Um, but I especially like Gozes. But I don't love any of that shit as much as I absolutely love the Nats. Let's go for rules. It's We the Peeps. 